You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get into it here in the Locked On Nationals podcast. First of all, I want to apologize for not recording as much lately as the Nats have fallen off and football season's really picked up. I've kind of just been focusing on that a lot with Locked On Big 12 and then really going to pick up with, with baseball, especially when the season's over, just looking back at the Nats here. But there's still a lot to clean up here as we head towards the very end. And more than clean up, it almost seems like a disingenuous word, because I think the real story, and we've talked about this a little bit, but it is the fact that Juan Soto should definitely be an MVP candidate, and he might actually be the most valuable player. I know right now he's plus 350 on the odds. Bryce is minus 200. Everendo Tatis is plus 275. But look, it, it's, it would be a travesty if somehow Fernando Tatis was voted by people who watch baseball to be better than Juan Soto. It's just not true. He's been better this year. Um, Juan is... Uh, if for my money, the best all-around hitter in baseball. And, you know, I've been talking with a lot of people about it. I was on the ra- uh, radio yesterday with Jeff from Locked On Reds. I was on air there in ESPN Radio in Cincinnati, and we were talking about it. And just the fact that he does hurt you in so many ways. And you kind of look, you know, I know this is not the best way to always look at games, but I do think if you look at Juan Soto's game logs, that's what gives you the idea of what an effective player he is. The game logs show you the variety. It shows you the ways in which he attacks. I'm not even going to give you guys the overall numbers right now. We'll do that in a second. We'll really do that in a second. Um, The month, and also the month of September he's having is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's hitting 473, 608 on base, 838 uh, uh, slugging, and then a 1.446 OPS. But this is just a look here. So last night, Juan goes three for three with two homers and a walk. Night before, three for three with a home run, a double, two walks. The night before, two for four with a double and a walk. Then the night before, one for three, three walks. You get the idea here is that just the, the number of ways in which Juan Soto hurts you is absolutely, it's its crazy to think, I mean, about, about how he does it. Right now, he is on a uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine or ten game hitting streak right now. And um, once again, it, it is that variety. Let's go to just those overall numbers. So on the season for Juan Soto, he's hitting 325. All right, 325 on the year, 470 on base, 559 slugging and a 1.029 OPS, a 7.2 war. So that's in 143 games. Now, if, if you talk about pacing, uh, I mean, last year he was a little bit better. I mean, in 47 games last year, he hit 13 homers, drove in 37 runs, um, you know, hit 351, 490, 695 in hell. I was actually about to say maybe he couldn't have kept that up. I guess I guess there's a chance he could have because it's getting absurd at this point. I mean, the year he's having now, I think people would detract and say, hey, look, you know, it's on a team. It's in a losing effort, if you will, right? There's not a whole lot around him. So how impactful 
is what he's doing, but teams could just pitch around him, right? They, they wanted to, they could just pitch around him. Could you pitch around him when Schwarber and Turner were there? No, because the situations would dictate, hey, you can't just walk Kyle Schwarber and Trey Turner, right? You got to give those guys something to hit because Juan Soto's behind them, right? Just d- due to the, those circumstances, you know, they, they could not uh, just walk Juan Soto because normally there were guys, you know, on base ahead of him, right? The, there was things happening in and around Juan Soto. Now, not, you know, I know Lane Thomas has been awesome, but not the fear of God that a Kyle Schwarber up top puts into you. Not the fear of God that a Trey Turner hitting second puts into you, right? That's not what uh, Alcides Escobar has been a very good player. It's not what he does. not what Lane Thomas has been a very good player. Not what he does when you compare those guys to the other two dudes I just listed. So when I factor that in, you know, it's, it's weird that the most pleasurable part of this season has been watching that second half, right? It's been watching um, him this last month in September. Yes, once again, the games aren't as meaningful. The Nationals are not in a position to contend. But Juan Soto has been so spectacular that it's basically appointment television every night. And with that in mind, you know, thinking about that, it kind of makes you think about towards the offseason, like how far away is this lineup being from being a legitimate, uh, you know, like a credible threat in the National League? The team itself is a whole separate question. But the lineup being a credible threat, that is a, is much more attainable than the team as a whole because obviously the pitching staff is going to need a lot, a lot of work uh, from, the, from the standpoint of, you know, obviously the starting, they've got to get that lined. I mean, they've got to get guys in there. They've got to get some quality arms in there. And they're going to try to figure that out this offseason. they got to get guys back, get Joe Ross, get Steven Strasburg. Hopefully those guys come back. Hopefully they're good to go. Hopefully they're healthy. Hopefully the young guns, you know, they can get Cade Cavalli and your Jackson Rutledges of the world up into that pitching rotation, right? Um, Josiah Gray, you're hoping that he pans out. Maybe a Seth Romero is somebody that, that can come up and eventually pan out for you. You know, there's just a bunch of different directions the pitching could go right now. But when you've got somebody as good as Juan Soto, who's that young, who is getting better, and we've talked about this a bunch, he gets better because his approach is so good. He does not get cheated. He makes sure he gets on base. He is not pressing the action because he's asked to do so in this offense. Juan Soto makes things happen because he's not always trying to make things happen. He's not pressing and pressing. Like some guys, we see when they go in fits and slumps too. Sure, he has the occasional bat at bat, but everybody wants to ask me right now about Juan Soto. And, and look, that's that's what they should be doing because of how well he's been playing. I know I compared it, lined it up a couple weeks ago, but let's just do it again for the sake of argument. Let's line up what we've been seeing from Juan Soto. Let's, let's line that up with the guys uh, elsewhere from across the National League, right? Your Tatises, your Bryce Harpers. That's where everybody is kind of looking right now towards the top. And I know, once again, Bryce is in a playoff chase. He's involved in one. Therefore, his profile is going to be a bit uh, higher. Uh, Fernando Tatis has been a part of a team chasing the playoffs. But look, all three MVP candidates right now, top three guys, are staring down the barrel of deficits right now to make the playoffs in the National League. You think about it with the Phillies, obvious a deficit, the National League in it, but the deficit the Phillies are facing right now, uh, obviously in the National League East. They're four and a half out of the wild cards, not hitting that. The Padres are not going to catch up with the wild card either. They're basically done. Um, right now. The Phillies are the team really with the best chance to make it 
and that's just because the division's weak. They're two back, so obviously still some life here with about six games to go. Uh, Philadelphia has left on their schedule. They finish up with the Pirates this weekend, and then to close out their season, they will play um, was six games left, probably seven or eight games left. Excuse me, that's how many are left. But they've got three more at the Pirates. They've got three with Atlanta, which will probably decide uh, the, the, the division potentially, and they've got three with the Miami Marlins on the road. So they're two games back, but Bryce Harper is the catalyst for them right now. And look, there's a chance they don't make the playoffs, and I'm not sure that's an indictment on Bryce Harper. So you take a look at these numbers right now with where these guys rank in the National League. It doesn't even actually matter what league it is. On base percentage is going to go to Juan Soto, by, and he's got Bryce Harper by 13 points. All right, you go to the power numbers, the pure power numbers, the home runs. Bryce Harper, a great year for him. He's got 33 uh, in that department. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has got them both in a pretty pretty staggering manner at 46. Then you go towards runs driven in on the season uh, at the, uh, in the National League. And uh, in that stat, you're going to see Tatis with the lead on both those guys. But Soto's at 92. Tatis, uh, he is at 94, so only two more. And then Bryce Harper is a bit further down, but also, I mean, he's gotten, you know, the amount of help Bryce has gotten has been uh, negligent. I'm not the hugest, I'm not the biggest Bryce Harper guy, but I'll defend him in this respect. He has not gotten uh, much help from the guys around him this season. When you go to some of the other, you know, the average numbers, the, the, the numbers when you go to, when you look for on-base percentage, right? Juan's at 470. Um, Bryce is at 432, which is very impressive. But you don't see Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, he's at 370, so much lower uh, in that category than his peers. Now he's first in slugging percentage, and that's across the league. And he's he's been much better uh, lately. It feels like he's been on a little bit of a tear. And then Juan Soto is at 550, uh, 559. So Tatis is at 618. Harper is at 618, and then uh, Soto's at 559. OPS. This one's a pretty good race between all of these guys. In the entire league, they're 1, 2, and 4. Harper, 1.050. Juan, 1.029. And then Fernando Tatis, uh, 988. So all these guys are really close in that category. And then War, Bryce is at 5.51, 7.2. And Tatis is at 6.4. So all these guys are playing excellent, excellent baseball right now. But to me, Bryce is number one. And I really do think Juan should get the edge just because the all-around performance, the way he's finishing – considering what's around him, too. The circumstances should matter some. And one guy can't win games. And look, you know, how would Juan do in that that lineup they've got um, in San Diego? I think it would be a really interesting thing to see. But that's why I think Juan should get the edge in this category. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's look at the bullpen, kind of talk about, hey, what guys are going to be around next year for the Nationals uh, that they really could use? Today's show, though, first let you guys know today's show is brought to you by our friends at NetSuite. Slow is just right if you're on vacation or you're a sloth or uh, describing QuickBooks. More like Slowbooks. Ha! It sucks you in, slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one in financial system because NetSuite gives you your visibility and control of your financial systems, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. 
Head to netsuite.com slash locked on right now. Get a special financing deal at netsuite.com slash locked on. netsuite.com slash locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to builtbar.com, excuse me, built.com. Check out their available flavors. We've got coconut, cherry bar chia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and more. Go to built.com today. Check those out. 70 to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, and only 130 to 180 calories per bar. Once again, built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so a big question I've been wondering about, uh, especially as of late, is what parts of the Nationals bullpen are really you know, going to be around uh, next season? And part of this is you got to go look at the contracts as well. Uh, maybe they bring some guys up from the minor leagues to fill some of those holes. But when you look right now at what the Nationals are rolling out there, um, and what what they you know it's it's not been pretty. And I know everybody that's been listening to this and watching the Nats right now knows it's not been pretty. But what what are they going to roll out there next year? Well, they've got a bunch of these guys under control. So Will Harris is part of the bullpen. He's got uh, two more years or 2021. So there's one more year after this season left on the contract, right? So he'll come back next year at eight million dollars. They're hoping to get him healthy because really the Nationals fans haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, Tanner Rainey is going to be arbitration eligible next year. I think that's somebody that Dave Martinez would like back. Austin Voth has one more year of team control. Kyle Finnegan has one more year of team control. Sam Clay is a free agent. Paulo Espino is a free I feel like Paulo Espino might be back. <laughs> I think there's a good chance he might be because of how good he's been. Ryan Harper has uh, got arbitration next year. Kyle McGowan. Andres Machado is in arbitration. They've got Mason Thompson under control as well. So you think about those guys, really. Those are the guys that feel like they could be a part of, of, of things moving forward. And you look at a lot of the pitching numbers and these guys coming out of the pen. Who has been effective? Who has not? Well, the guys that we know are going to be around for sure next year. I think are going to play a big part. And I'm really talking about the back part of the bullpen. I know they need to fix the middle, the relief part of it too. But like, let's think about those guys that are kind of in the... Um, the guys who are in that the kind of prime relief role. So first of all, Kyle Finnegan. I said this yesterday when I was talking to Jeff on the radio. I feel like Kyle Finnegan is a really strong seventh, eighth inning guy potentially. I don't think his I don't think his spot as a closer. I, this is obviously a spot that he was thrust into. This is not the situation that he's really wanted wants to be in. He's had a rough month, uh, 7.36 ERA on the month, but you go back to August and the 10 innings that he worked in August, he had a .9 ERA, 1.54 in the month of July, 3.52 in the month of June. I mean, just a strong season all around for Kyle Finnegan, especially that meaty part. I know that lately things have not been as good, and yesterday he got hit a little hard too uh, in, in route to getting the save. But, you know, he's blown four saves on the season. Once again, this is not a guy who's accustomed to being in this spot. Uh, this is really just not what he's used to doing. I think because of what he brings to the table, you know, the pitch mix, I think the way that, you know, he's thrown so far, a guy who's just going to be around, you know, 30 years old, good age, 
you know, right where you want a guy to be. Still got a, a lot of, obviously, team control, like I mentioned, still ahead of him. Kyle Finnegan's a guy that I think, uh, because the Nationals' financial situation, because they don't want to be too, you know, too expensive, definitely a guy they want in that seventh, eighth, or ninth inning role next year. Now, I think they need to prepare like they don't have Will Harris because last year, you know, we talked about the ability to move guys around with Daniel Hudson, Will Harris, Tanner Rainey, Kyle Finnegan, and Brad Hand, all those guys coming in. I mean, look who's still standing. Hudson and Brad Hand are gone, and Hand has been traded multiple times. Obviously, Will Harris is on the shelf. Some of the other long arms in the pen are not there. So that support system that we thought was going to be there is not there, and for it's for a variety of reasons. But I think we have to look at Kyle Finnegan as definitely a guy who's going to fit into that back-end mix, and seventh or eighth inning would be my, would be my pick. I think, uh, once again, taking into to account what he's been asked to do relative to what we thought he was going to be asked to do, I think he's performed pretty admirably. All right, let's look at a couple other guys, uh, but first – Word of mouth, our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Huge weekend this weekend. We've got Ryder Cup. We've got golf. We've got, uh, this golf. We've got baseball. We've got Formula One. We've got UFC. We've got college football and pro football. A huge weekend coming up here in sport. No better place to get in on the action than betonline.ag. You go there today, use the promo code NFL100, and you get a 100% welcome bonus when you sign up, which is free to do, sign up, and then you use the deposit bonus on your first deposit, and they'll match it up to 100% today at betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV. DirecTV Stream is the new thing on the block, my friends. If you're one of those people like me, I've got several televisions set up right now uh, don't do that. Don't have TVs and screens and all kinds of thing up. You know, j- just have one uh, one thing that lets you watch everything, and that is Direct TV Stream. They get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and it gets your TV together with Direct TV Stream now. Uh, you can learn more at DirectTV.com. That's DirectTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so who else is on this Nationals kind of uh, the, the bullpen side of things that you think we're going to see next year? Well, they like Mason Thompson a lot. I like Mason Thompson a lot. But is this somebody that we feel like at the young age of 23 is a guy that they can really depend on in the back end of the bullpen next year? I think at some point in time, they definitely think that is going to be his spot, and I'm with them on that. Um, a really excellent month he's having right now in the month of September. He's thrown nine nine innings of work total, uh, three ERA on the month. And, you know, his last seven or eight appearances that he's made, he has not allowed a run. So he's coming to some big spots, getting out of jams, kind of a guy, you know, who can be a fire stopper for them at times. Um, And I think it's somebody with that, you know, he's got to develop a second pitch, right? We just see so much of that sinker that he really does need to work on developing a, a second pitch for him to be truly effective. And once again, the guy hasn't turned 24 until next year, but you look at the number of pitches that he's thrown this year. I mean, he's, he's thrown, let's see, it's like, a, it's a little bit over uh, 300. He's approaching 400 pitches basically on the year. 85% usage is the sinker. The slider's at 11%, but it still doesn't feel like it's, it's a, really strong elite pitch yet. 
Guys are still hitting around 300 off it. Four seamer, he's only used 10 times. The changeup, he used a total of four times. So uh, I, I think this is, once again, a guy that with that pitch, it's, an, it's a plus-plus pitch. You know, it's, I think it's going to be a plus-plus pitch eventually. It's a guy that factors in maybe, you know, as a firestopper slash sixth-inning guy in a close game if you need him. That's where I would go with that. But um, he's definitely somebody that, that you know, we're going to be looking at next year. Those are the two guys I feel the best about. You know, I think we'll dive into more of this as the offseason approaches. We'll have some conversations about maybe Tanner Rainey's future, right? Paul Espino's future, Austin Voth's future. Uh, we'll have those down the road. But I think the two guys that I really want to highlight just that feel like you can trust them in the bullpen next year, not necessarily in the roles they're in right now, but in a variation of what they're doing, right? Finnegan for one inning, but you may get the seventh or eighth. And then uh, you use Mason Thompson, you know, for an inning, or your firestopper roles, you put him in six or a firestopper. Uh, that could be a potential situation for him. So that's kind of what I kind of like with those guys. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.